Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad you're back with us. Today, we have singles from the album Come. We have the first single, Let It Go. We have the second single, Space. And then we have some unreleased stuff. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, Two different versions of the title track. Yes. Come, one that was from The Beautiful Experience and... The other from Glam Slam Ulysses and also available on a number of different bootlegs. Uh, A couple different versions of Race. One that's official and kind of an unedited version of what's on the album. And one's more of a DJ remix. And last but not least, Loose. Loose. A very tight version of Loose. Yeah, which we think is from Glam Slam Ulysses. But we'll get there. All right. We'll get there. So we're going to start with Let It Go. It was released a week prior to the album as a single. Right. Uh, I have it as September 27th, 1994. Okay. I believe you. Okay. Good. I'm glad you do. (laughs) I didn't write that down. Trust is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it was first single from the album and was also the last song recorded for the album. Yes. And also recorded months and months after Prince had changed his name to the love symbol. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of behind-the-scenes marketing to record a song at the request of Warner Brothers for more strong tracks for the album <laughs> Come. I'll give you a strong track, strongly worded. As Prince, <laughs> when he wasn't Prince anymore. Yeah. Um, though he insisted that the albums on Come were recorded by Prince quote-unquote prince the and albums on come you mean the songs on come i said the albums on come uh-huh. oh, that'd <laughs> <like> be awesome <laughs> one cd with many albums great idea they're just really really short tracks <laughs> small yeah, yeah each track's like 15 <laughs> seconds long <laughs> the songs on come were recorded when he was still prince and the songs on the gold experience were when he had changed his name and that wasn't really the case. It was more of a pick-and-choose kind of thing. Let's create a little story here. Sure. That's mm-hmm. fine. Sure. You know, make, make yourself a narrative. Yeah, totally. These remixes from Prince didn't have a lot to do with them, right? Prince had nothing to do with them. Okay. So it was the first time that there had been uh, an entire maxi-single that did not involve Prince or anyone Prince had previously even worked with at all. Okay. Um, there had been remixes of songs that he didn't do that were on released singles and that kind of thing. But this is kind of an EP. Right. That is, is 100%. It was almost like he gave them a song and gave them permission to remix it. I'm sure he must have approved it or it wouldn't yeah. have been released at yeah. all. Yeah. The only person that I saw that actually worked with Prince that has anything to do with this that I could find a connection with was uh, Chronic Freeze did the radio edit. Yeah, of the original version right. of the remixes, right? Because right. there are two songs at the end. One is the album version. The other is the radio edit, just to get right. it to a shorter, more reg- radio-friendly length. Link, yeah. Yeah, because Chronic Freeze was working at Paisley Park at yes. the time, right? Yes, yep. he was. I think from 88 to 96, I think is... What I read. I believe you. I didn't look that up. <laughs> this features a person call who called himself the Young Soldier of Time. Yes, the first. You're talking about the first two tracks. Oh, yes. On the Caviar Radio Edit. Yes. Yeah. So let's yeah. dive into the music. Oh, hey. <laughs> We're talking about track one now. Track one, the Caviar Radio Edit. Yep. 
uh, features the young soldier of time. Right. And the only other thing that I could find that he did was a song called Active Crew by Mr. X okay. in 1996. And he was credited as YSOT, Young mm. Soldier of Time. And Ye- it was real West Coast rap. Up until this morning, I was listening to this song again. What? And he raps about how the sound engineer can't hold him back with the YSOT, and I'm out. And I could not figure out what YSOT was. <laughs> Your sign of the times? <laughs> left out a T? What? <laughs> I don't know. It did not strike me that it was his own acronym. I want an acronym to myself, the, J- the JDN, and I'm out. I think okay. that'd be cool. Okay. Sure, honey. Okay. Uh, I like the bass that was added, kind of a plucky sort of bass. Yeah, this I thought whole, was kind of cool. Uh, it's all new music that's run underneath. I mean, they've used Prince's vocal tracks. But yeah. very little else from the original song as part of the caviar radio edit, which a lot of times when I listen to these maxi singles and remixes, I always think, well, did it add anything to the original? And so far on this one, I'm like, yeah, they totally yeah, reworked cool. the song. It's yeah. pretty. It's a neat take on it. Yeah. It's got a very urban feel, very ni- early 1990s urban feel. Like I feel like I ought to be in the back of a car filming black and white video as I drive through the streets of downtown Chicago and with the big speakers that are put underneath the back seat yeah. like vibrating your behind. Yep. Yep. That's what it sounds like to me. Very much so. A lot just completely new music. It's odd that there's nothing credited on the disc for who plays this music or where was it sampled from? It's I guess a new composition. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess. I mean, her prince just didn't care. He's like, you do whatever you want with it. And yeah, but sure, they, they'd still have to credit it somewhere if they sampled things or or whatever. So yeah, caviar radio edit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very smooth. It kind of has a street beat to it, and like yep. I said, it sounds very urban to me, and sounds like it belongs in a documentary. Oh, okay. Of Almost a documentary of, you could say, Prince's life or any like person who had a hard time growing up, that kind of thing, could be the soundtrack to it. Of course, that's the original song. is sort of made out to be that way, too. Right. There's kind of a swirly sound in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like all the different, like... Sounds. Yeah, it's very sampley sounding. Yeah. But like I said, interesting that no one is credited for any samples, so it makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. We know Prince didn't have anything to do with it. So Who did? Who did? I don't know. That's it's something that a, it's I... It's a question for the ages. Something I'm going to have to just let go. Yeah. You're going to have to let it go? Yeah. Um, I always love a call out to the year. Thought I wasn't going to make a CD in 95, not 95 years, I think they do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, young Soldier of Time uh-huh. does that. Now 95 years, uh, they come up. Uh, oh, is that uh, what it is? Yeah. <laughs> it was. Oh, I heard n- 95. That's a big number is what I heard. Oh. But I did not look up lyrics. Oh. And I'm a I white do. guy listening to Young Soldier of Time, so <laughs> I could also be very wrong. <laughs> but he says earlier, too, that he didn't think he was going to live to see the year 95. Uh-huh. Like he was, yeah, he, he was fast be, living. Yeah, or yeah. the gang life or whatever was going on was going to make him come to his end long before 95, which is 
the year after this came out, mm-hmm. which I found interesting too. Yeah. Can we talk about the picture on the front cover of it just a quick yeah, second? Because sure. he says, let it go. And he's like up high on something mm-hmm. with a cane over his shoulders. Yes. But it almost looks like he's going to just like let go and jump off of a high building somewhere. No. Well, it was from the photo book, The right. Sacrifice of Victor, that came out in 1993, I believe. Right. So all the imagery from the single came straight from, yeah. from that book. Yeah. Yeah. Which is lovely, but he's very brooding and looks yeah. like he's about to frighten everybody as he jumps off the top of a building and then does, you know, a little base jumping, yeah. pulls a <laughs> ripcord and out comes his purple... His prince shoot. <laughs> his purple prince shoot with his love symbol on it. Yeah. 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 All right. I just wanted to say that. And I was like, why did they silence the F word? Oh, duh. Hmm. This is the caviar radio edit. Yes. Duh. You're right. <laughs> I've been trying to discern the difference between track one and track two, between the Caviar Radio edit and track two, which is the Cavi Street edit. Uh Uh-huh. I have not been able to find a difference. Prince Vault says they're identical. Well, then that is a good reason for me to feel like they're not different. Yes. That would be why you cannot discern a difference. They're identical in length. They're identical in... Every way. Yeah, so I kept... Yeah, but they're they're identical except for the timestamps. Yeah. So I don't know if they fade out, fade in at a different rate, or they just have a little bit more silence before or after one of them. The first track is 4 minutes 59 seconds. Second track, which is the street edit, is 5 minutes and 2 seconds. Yep. I thought maybe my import of these things just got it wrong or something. Nope. Nope. It's just, nope. It is the same song. It's the same song twice. Thank goodness. Because I was <laughs> Were like, you trying to I figure it out? I've been listening to this for how many years now? Mm-hmm. 25 yep. plus years? Yep. Uh, could not tell the difference. Why is there one called the radio edit and why is there one called the street edit? I don't know. And here they are identical. Yeah. They really are. So I don't know why they did that, but okay. It's interesting that you said that this sounds like it could be in a documentary because the remix was produced by QD3. Oh, yeah. Quincy Jones's. Quincy Delight Jones the third. Uh-huh. He is a hip hop DJ. Okay. He made documentaries. His Oh, uh, I didn't know he made documentaries. I knew it was a, was it Quincy Jones's son or grandson? Do we know I which one? It's, I, it's the Quincy Jones III. I think it's his son. Okay. He made a big, fairly well-received documentary about hip-hop feuds as part of his QD3 Entertainment Company, which oh. I think might be defunct because they have a impressive QD3.com website, which I'm like, that's to have three letters before the dot com or two letters and a number. That's pretty great, but it's not active at all. Okay. And it is his son, not grandson. Yes. That's what I thought. uh, Producer. Yeah. Jones. Uh Just as an aside, Hmm. QD three also founded a company called feel rich incorporated, which is a health and wellness media entertainment company kind of promoting that, being healthy is the new rich. Okay. So if you're healthy, you feel wealthy sort of thing. He also started a company called We Mash in 2014, and it was designed to connect content owners and content creators to extend that content 
beyond its original uses to like find new ways to use music, video, different, all different uh-huh. things. Mm. That also seems defunct. Okay. But there mm. you go. Very cool. Yes, I knew that Quincy Jones the Third was the one that did the remixes. Did not know yes. about his other. Yeah, he has uh, some other stuff going on. Side yeah. So it was interesting that you said that it, this sounded to you like it should be in a documentary. Yeah, when because. he made hip hop feud documentaries. Awesome. Yeah. Then we come to the third track, "Let It Go," instrumental. Yeah. To again, to me, this and I've listened to it. 50 times probably (laughs) it is like the same track vocals removed yep it's the exact same length as the second track yeah five minutes and two seconds so it sounded to me like uh you have a playlist on apple music called down tempo yes and this sounded like it would go on it very well oh okay yeah i could see that yeah yeah, so that playlist has a lot of instru- instrumental music by Grammatic and J.K. Soul and Thievery Corporation and um, Ursula 1000, artists like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I it's, can see that. Yeah, this seems like it would fit right in with all of all of that music. Well, maybe I'll add it to the playlist. Oh, there you go. So you're, how long is that playlist? Like a hundred years? Um, no. You could listen to it forever? No, one day. One day. 373 okay. songs. So Okay. Of down tempo oh, okay. music? Okay. 24 hours, not one day. Like I think one day, I think like, oh, his work day, eight or 10 hours. Uh, one lunar like, day. Okay. One solar. solar. One soul. Oh, soul. <laughs> As they as they call them on Mars, right? <laughs> All right. Then we have the on the cool out tip radio edit. It's easy for us to say that. <laughs> I know there is no not. way we can say that and sound cool. No, it's not going to happen. No. Allow me to try. Let it go on the cool out tip radio edit. That's better mm. than what I did. I don't know. So good for you. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so this was a another remix, same Prince vocals. There's nothing added vocally by Prince mm-hmm. here at all, but a completely different take on the music. And it's the only song on this eight-track maxi single that uses that music. Okay. Which is the only one of a kind that does that. The first three carry the same mm-hmm. basic music. Track four on the Cool Out Tip radio edit, the only one that sounds like this. Okay. Uh, I thought this one was a little more upbeat sounding. Yeah, I thought a real hip-hop vibe. Yeah. Like, especially at the start. For sure. Yeah. I also wonder, like, was this really intended for radio? Were any of these intended for radio for them to be called radio edit? No. The original radio edit is the only one that they intended for the radio, I think. But we've got two, three other songs on here that Mm -hmm. have radio edit in the title. So I wondered, were there other versions of this song? I bet there were, that this was maybe just an edited version that ended up on this maxi single. Sure. But I thought it had more... Of a laid back feel, not quite as reflective or documentary mm-hmm. as the first three. Right. Um, this one felt a little more, the music sounds more optimistic than looking back and letting something go. So I thought it created kind of a nice contrast between what's being sung and the type of music that you're hearing. Yeah. Uh, worked well together. There were some cool little things. There was a little xylophone. Mm-hmm. They're back in the five, just go. 
There were some pretty nice guitars layered in. Yeah, and then again, I wonder where does that come from? Who, Who played those if yeah. we know for a fact that Prince did not? Someone played on these and went uncredited. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting about the first, really all of these remixes, but I'll go ahead and mention it now that we're in the middle of them, is they left out part of the chorus that I thought was part of the song that I liked the most, which is where he sings, I'm ready for the real, give me something I can feel. I, I'm ready for the real. They would use maybe part of it, but not, not all finish of it. it. Yeah. And uh, with different remixers and producers on this thing, I thought, wow, that's interesting that they all sort of decided to break that part out yeah. of these songs, which sort of summed it all up. So it sort of yeah. sums up the message behind Let It Go. He's ready for something real. He wants to have emotion and feel something in his music again. And well, Warner Brothers put this out. Yes. So I wonder so if there was wasn't... Pur- purposeful? A, maybe there was a directive mm-hmm. to say, leave this particular bit out because we feel like we don't like that bit. Maybe. Maybe. And even towards the end of the original song, there's this kind of altered part of Prince's voice saying, come a little closer. I love that little bit. Yeah, Yeah, kind of robot sounding. And it's omitted from many of these also. Um, Which I thought was just not a bad thing, but, and again, here I am saying I want the remixes to be something different, so the (laughs) fact that they're different is completely cool. I just found it interesting that those little parts were left off of so many of these things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was produced by Gerald G. Bomb Ballaroo. All right. He wore a lot of hats. He was a producer, an engineer, a songwriter. He worked Mm -hmm. on this with Prince. Uh, Well, he worked on the remix of this Prince song. Yeah. He did a remix of some Diana Ross songs in 96, Bobby Brown in 97. He did some performances and songwriting with Bobby Brown. Mm -hmm. He produced for MC Hammer and did a whole lot in the 90s. Oh, cool. So we've probably heard his work on other places and not known it. Just not known it. Yeah. Yeah. So far, this is, you know, I'm thinking to myself when I first got this, I'm like, this doesn't sound like a typical Prince 12-inch or maxi single because his involvement uh, is is not present or you don't hear a different vocal take or additional instruments that you think, oh, wow, that's something that he might have recorded earlier and just brought back for the remix, but I still found it so far to be an enjoyable little EP yeah. of songs. Yeah, I mean, for Especially something for, that he didn't have a lot of input in, I think that it's quite a good effort. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we talked about the packaging a little bit with uh, your, your take on the possibly <laughs> suicidal cover image. but I, I prefer to think of it as a fake-out suicide. Okay. But, and then the rest of it, there's different photography from The Sacrifice of Victor Book, and even the disc is a picture disc that's got the kind of atypical Warner Brothers maxi single stuff on it. We get to some others, it goes back to basics, and there's not a lot of creativity on them, but we've even got a picture of Prince photoshopped out of the cover of Come standing on this black CD. Right. Which is pretty cool for the time, you know. Then we have the Let It Go Sherm Stick Edit. I thought so, this one had a very rock feel. Um, 
there's kind of an effect that muffles it a little bit. Yes. Which I thought was kind of interesting. First, I had to go and I've never decided to look up why what a, is it called Sherm Stick. So I thought it was a um, person, and so I went uh-huh. looking for like, the person. Like Sherman? Like, yeah, like okay. his name was Sherm Stick. <laughs> Okay. Well, <laughs> that's, there's that's G-Bomb not and QD. Yeah, and that's kind of that? what I thought. Okay. You know, chronic freeze. Yep. You know, people with weird names. That's not it at all. Why don't you tell us what it no. is? No, okay. Well, I played the part of Christy uh, <laughs> and went to Urban Dictionary to look up for myself. What's a Sherm stick? Well, it's a joint dipped in PCP that causes you to lose control of yourself. Or formaldehyde. Yeah, yeah. There's for, yes, there's or embalming fluid. Yeah. 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 I One did or not the other. find it a very appropriate title for this because this does not seem like a crazy acid remix kind of thing. This is no. a very mellow uh, remix. So the choice of the title is interesting to me. Yeah. The neatest part of the song is that it borrows the beat from the ballad of Dorothy Parker oh, from cool. Sign of the Times. Which you said, I thought that you knew that. No. Um, The Ballad of Dorothy Parker was marred by recording issues that Susan Rogers Prince's recording engineer at the time was thought she was going to get fired over because it worked on this track and worked on it and then she realized oh something is wrong this it's sounding muffled it doesn't have the range that it should and she was so worried about telling prince about it uh-huh. and she tells him loved it yes and he's like it's perfect leave it like it is yeah so this has that muffled feel because uh-huh. of the source recording oh, so again that's okay. got to be what i think is at least a nod to prince had approval on this because okay. uh they're giving him giving permission essentially to go back and mix this with another one of his songs from at the time six years ago six or seven years ago there's also vinyl noise like vinyl pops and hisses that are added through it that kind of grow in volume throughout there's Mm -hmm. this weird guitar like this looping kind of not off-tune guitar but it's an odd guitar riff that's played throughout and then there's a little solo of it where the vinyl pops and noises grow and Okay, so I kind of thought that maybe that's where the Sherm stick part came in because it was kind of like a burning sound almost. And maybe that's why, because it was something burning, maybe they thought that that would kind of fit. And that was the, hey, Sherm stick, those burn. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know when that was popular of a term too maybe it was a early 90s thing i don't run in circles where people well i certainly didn't in the early 90s sticks of sherm that's not a thing <laughs> for me yeah oh that's cool me and my friends Here. share sticks of gum yeah that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's about that's... my sherm level <laughs> so i couldn't figure out i'm like why is it parentheses minus, minus. sign parentheses sherm stick at it it's the instrumental. Yes, yeah. it's the instrumental, and but still, the I guess the minus is like a symbol for subtract the lyrics. And yeah, there you go. Which I didn't know. Yeah, I I did not know that either. Yeah, it was produced by Jay Swift for okay. Fat House Productions. Right. Jay Swift is the CEO of Fat House Records. Oh, still he was, around? Uh yes, I believe so. 
There, he's an interesting story, which I couldn't find a lot of information on, but he was also in a group called The Far Side, P-H-A-R-C-Y-D-E, for a long time and toured with them in Europe last summer. But he oh. had some kind of issue with drugs, and he is unable to return to the United States because of it. Oh, because he's wanted? Yeah, well, he did this like whole rap about how he had like a small amount of crack cocaine. Uh-huh. And they said he was trafficking it, but it was he had a drug problem and that was his own stash and somehow I don't know exactly he's not been able to return to the United States because of it and that's hmm. why he only toured in Europe with the far side last summer because he's still unable to come back. It's kind of sad he's got he's married and has uh, four small kids, and they that's live weird. in wow. Los Angeles. And good luck getting home. Wow, that's terrible. Swift. Well, uh, being part of a Sherm stick at it probably does not look good on uh, <laughs> the defense side of Mr. Swift's case. Yeah, well, you know, he. I think he admitted that he had an issue at one point, mm-hmm. so... Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad. Anyway, so then we have the original radio edit. Right, of yeah. the album version. Yes, which yeah. I thought was a really good length. This, as we mentioned before, this was done by Chronic Freeze. Yes. You know, it's a good radio length. Four minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, left out the ready or not, here I come bit. Yeah. Uh, which I kind of thought was maybe a missed opportunity, because as the radio edit, I thought... If you heard that on the radio, you would oh, yeah. know exactly what song it was. It would have given it a little bit of pop, instant, recognizable. A little bit. I could see it but, clearing the space for DJs to be able to talk over the front of a front end of a song, too, and not have to right. make room for what sounds like a game of hide-and-seek, but <laughs> is not. <laughs> yep. Uh, we had mentioned that Chronic Freeze had participated on the album come last episode Uh and friend of the pod Hamish Witta has a lengthy PDF of a interview that chronic freeze did on prince.org back in 2009. Mm -hmm. And it's, like 57 pages long. It's super, super long. Printed tiny. Yeah, so tiny little print. But there were some really interesting stories in there. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I can't link to this because I couldn't find a copy of it anywhere. But right. It's Hamish, since been removed from it, the It is. It was removed like a week after he started it. Okay. Like he started it at the end of October in 2009. And... Like a week and a half later, it was gone. He answered questions for a week, hmm. and a few days after that, he requested that it be removed. Okay. So he didn't want to get in trouble. So he had a few little interesting stories. So since it's you know just a radio edit, there's not really much to say about it. I thought I'd share just a couple. Yeah. He was in the Paisley offices in L.A., and he got a call... And the lady who called him said that Prince wants to start using our funny names on albums because, you know, he's Dave Friedlander. Okay. You know, so he wanted to be DJ Freeze since he was a kid Mm -hmm. and uh, he may or may not have indulged in the marijuana. So that's where the chronic bit came from. Okay. And Prince really seemed to like the name (laughs) because he told uh, the people at a manager's meeting 
that him changing his name to Chronic Freeze was really creative and they needed it all quit being so lazy and make a creative change in their name just like him. Of course, this was right around the time that he's doing his own name change. Mm-hmm. So he he's super into that. So that was fun. Very interesting. Yeah, that's how he came up with that name. He mentions Loose. He said, what a jam live recording during tour rehearsals and all sorts of chaos put on top of it. You can hear the PA system blasting in the background if you listen closely on the vocals. So Mm. that was kind of fun. And then he had a story, uh, Leaks, Bootlegs. Right, how how they kept getting out. Yeah, they... Mm. uh, they put in, they kept get these bootlegs kept getting out. And so they ended up putting cameras outside the door and guards watching the cameras outside the doors of the editing studios. And, you know, they had reminded them all that they signed non-competes and non-disclosure agreements. And he said he was trying to figure out how this was getting out because none of the engineers he worked with we're taking anything. He's like, we were all super, super careful not to take anything, not to accidentally take something. We all liked our jobs. We wanted to keep them. And he got a request from Prince to give him two more copies of something that he'd already given him a copy of. Okay. And then a couple days later, he gets a request for three more copies of it. So he was talking to the limo driver one day and said... is there a copy of this in the car? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, Prince is not good at keeping track of stuff. Mm -hmm. And he likes to give out stuff. So he'd go to a club and he'd give a copy, a tape copy, to a DJ. Not get it back. Not get it back. Or he'd be out somewhere and he'd set the tape down because, you know, none of his outfits had pockets. Right. And... He'd forget it and not know where it was, so he'd just get another copy of it. It was no big deal. But that's how Prince was probably his own leak. <laughs> Sometimes, I think. For sure. Yeah. At, at least part of the time, he was his own leak that he was trying to prevent. Right. So, anyway, those were some interesting stories. If I had more of that to share with you, I would, but I don't. <laughs> but thank you, Hamish, for sending it to me. It's fascinating, and I'm yeah, sure I'll cool. be... Uh, referring to it in the future. There's a lot of stuff about uh, George Clinton and okay. stuff in there. So Yeah, we'll get there. We will. We'll, we'll get there. We'll put that in the vault. Yeah. <laughs> in the T-Mats vault. <laughs> the T-Mats vault. Then we have the second single, released two and a half months after the album, and just a few days before the Black Album was released. Yes. Space. During all of this uh, talk over, well, we're not going to release Come it's and too the much. Gold Experience together because it's too much music, but then decide, well, we're going to release not only Come and a second maxi single, and then a few days later, the Black Album. I do not know how that made any sense whatsoever. It but didn't. It, it happened. political posturing. It happened. Yeah, the date that I have for the Space Maxi single release was November 1st, 1994. And unlike the first single and the mixes for Let It Go, the Space single included a whole lot of work by Prince himself. He was much more involved with this song and its remixes than you could even compare to Let It Go, which again strikes me as so strange because he was so much a person of the moment and what's new and let it go was the newer song and the first single but space is the one where he has all this work that he himself put into different versions of the song which were probably done earlier this was the song that he seemed to have a much larger affinity for Uh yeah yeah for sure obviously 
So yeah. the, the let's talk about the cover. Okay. Since I didn't talk about the cover first last time, I waited until after the first you song to talk about it. I don't know who you are on the <laughs> Prince podcast just starting to talk about music without warning. <laughs> I have literally just now figured out what the cover is. It's an audience holding up lighters. lighters. Yeah. I always thought it was some kind of outer space scene and it was supposed to be stars. But I'm like, why would the stars like have that little plateau? It's why weird. Is there a horizon of stars? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's kind of what I was wondering. Well, now I think I'm that was the little... idea was that yeah. it looked like space. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's a, you know, nice picture yep. of him. On the back cover. On the back cover. Like, almost looking like he's praying. Yeah, it's taken, looks like it's taken during a live show. Right. Yeah, it's very nice. It is, and it actually has lyrics on the inside, it, which I see. It does. Which is where you are mocking my feeling of the lyric being head and not hand. That you think no, you can just look into an official lyric sheet and prove me wrong. Yeah, that it says hand right there, really pretty clearly. Well, it everything is all I would do to your body, baby, I would do to your head. H a n d. Well, that's what hand. it says, but that is not what he's singing. Well, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Agreed. I did not know it was such a contentious thing. It's not contentious. It's, it's really very contentious. <laughs> it is very clear that his hand, you're correct. Anyway, so there's the Universal Love Mix. That's the first one. Yes, the Universal Love Remix, right? Oh, yes, Remix. remix. I'm sorry. Universal so, Love Remix. Wow. This, this entire thing to me is the, or one of the last of the great maxi single eras it's a of great Prince history single. where... It is just, you know, a perfect example of put Prince in the studio probably for two days and he comes out with five different versions of a studio track mm-hmm. and he's got different lyrics and different instrumentation. And the first sing- first song on this single is definitely that. Um, yes. It could almost be considered a new song in and of itself, I think. It doesn't use the chorus from the original song at all. Right. Uh, and it has all new lyrics and all new music. It's similar to Space, but it's almost like it's Space Cousin. Like, <laughs> wet dream cousin. <laughs> it's like Space, but uh-huh. it's not Space. Yeah. The person they accuse me of being... That's not the one I really am. The person that they accuse me of being of. That's not the one I really am. I am the one that really loves you. I am the one that really loves you. What do they accuse him of being? A player? I guess so. Someone I guess so. Who plays around. I'll tell you what, the part that doesn't sit well with me is that whole line there the person that they accuse me of being of that is what i hear of (laughs) oh there are grammar professors who are prince fans all over the world who are going are you kidding me (laughs) you're listening to prince for the grammar you're listening for the wrong reasons that's very true so yes he's accused of getting into a predicament how did i get in this jam they'll accuse me of things and that's not who i really am is essentially what he's saying there um, that he really loves this person with all his mind and all his body and all his soul. And he goes back to these painting references uh-huh. again with the lyric line of, with every stroke of my brush, I want to paint a wall around you so that you will never know. With every stroke of my brush, I want to paint a wall around you so that you will never know. 
wants to protect her. Okay, so does he want to protect her or does he want to conceal her from his previous reputation? No, I think it's the former because if you read as it continues so that you will never know all the pain that a human has to go through in a planet that's so bitter and cold. You will never know all the pain that a human has to go through in a planet that's so bitter and cold. It to me, it reads more like I want to protect you from the hardships of this world than protect you from what people are saying about me. No, okay, that's how I. Okay, that's how I hear it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a whole lot like the song "Come Again." It's like all you have to do is say you want to do this, and we can do it. And where he sings, "Universal love awaits you, baby." All you really got to say is that you really want to go, and we're out of here. Mm-hmm. Universal love awaits you, baby. Which is a cool rephrasing yeah. space. Yeah. I think it was very cool. Yeah. I like that he lists her qualities that he finds enchanting. Lips, yes, about, cool disposition, yeah. kiss. Did it have anything to do with your lips? Did it have anything to do with your cool disposition? Though I do think he missed an opportunity to rhyme hips with lips. lips. Yeah. Did it have anything to do with your kiss? Well, he makes up but. for it later with hips and lips, chips and whips. <laughs> as long as she's providing chips and whips, we can do this funky thing. Uh-huh. As long as she was playing the host, he figured he would make the most of them hips and lips. And again, we have similar to the Love Symbol album where he's feeling there's faded love. It's meant to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that whole line, too. He's asking, how did I let you hypnotize me? Oh, did it have to do with A, B, C, or D? Yeah. And lists her qualities, like you're yeah. saying, is is nice. And he compares the two of them to being like the sun and the moon. Right. Which, which is very romantic. Yes, it is romantic. Yeah. He does this little bit in the like the second like pre-chorus type where he's like riffing and echoing himself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, really cool. So much playfulness on this song and Mm -hmm. having like just seems like he's having a good time. Yep. Making another version of this song that this is like Prince on a Tuesday. This is what he does. Well, and you know, maybe he wasn't either he wasn't quite done Mm -hmm. with the version that ended up on the album Mm -hmm. and he worked it more, or he didn't put his favorite version on there because he wanted to give a middle finger to WB? Maybe so. Um, he's got a little rap and, and a breakdown part where he mm-hmm. talks about his hands and where they go. Um, I looked up the lyrics uh-huh. um, online just to see if someone had a better understanding than me, and the answer was no. Oh. I think. Huh. The lyrics I read were, this is the space where my love goes. Yes. This is the space where my love goes. Look up, lay back, and let the wild flow. Oh, yeah. Well, like, get wild. No. Here are the Josh Norman interpreted lyrics. (laughs) 
This is the space where my love goes. Just lay back and let the vibe flow. Oh, I also read the cream flows. This is where my cream flows. Well, that's the second part of the rap. Okay. So it goes on to say, this is the space where my hands go. This is the space where my hands go. And the lyrics I looked up read, if they're too hot, the water should be cold. Oh, no. Which is not right. No. Even they too hot, they ice cold. Yeah. If they're too hot, the ice should be cold. It's like they're both hot and cold. Yeah, like they're ice cold, they're super cool. Yes. Yeah. And then is the lyric that you wrote down, this is the space where the cream flows. This is the space where the cream flows. Over my shoulder till my friend grows. Over my shoulder till my friend grows. That's so dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I think we know what he's talking about there. Yep. Uh, and then we get a year reference. We do, which normally I don't like. But, uh, I love a year uh, this reference. This is great in this one yeah. where he sings or he actually is kind of rapping on and on uh-huh. until we both know Universal Love in the 9-4. 9-4. 9-4, yes. Yeah. On and on until we both know Universal Love in the 9-4. You got to rind it with uh, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but really cool way of rapping it. It's not quite... Like the way he raps on the sun and moon and stars, mm-hmm. but it's in that same kind of accent, like yeah. uh, affected voice. It's yeah. not like a special effect on his voice, but right. he sings it in a particular manner, I don't know, manner yeah. and tone that's not how he would just rap it himself. So right. I thought that was really effectively done yep. there. I thought it was cool. We had a little jazzy piano bit. And he does another, at the end, kind of duet with himself that's really cool. Yeah, it's like a round uh, where he does that rap again and does the new chorus for this version about the pain that a human has to go through in a planet that's so bitter and cold. And he's singing, this is the space where my hand goes Mm -hmm. on top of it. It's a lot of fun. Yep. And then, and that's the remix for the space. Yeah. Space like, on a remix. Space on a remix. Which I think is cool too. Yeah. We have a lot of the samples of the song Boom that we talked about mm-hmm. in the um, album version where you can hear Crooked Letter, Crooked Letter, Crooked Letter I yep. in the background from this track that we've not heard. but Never it's a, released. Never yeah, released. from 99. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought, (laughs) listening to this one, I was like, hmm, he's taken international lover to a new level. Now he's interplanetary lover. Aw, yeah. Although this is nowhere near a ballad or the seduction thing. No, It's seductive lyrics, but in a very fun, up-tempo track. Right. Not that international lover isn't fun and a little bit in jest. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, wow, fantastic opener for yeah, agreed for this. I was like, oh, I got my ten dollars worth out of this maxi <laughs> single that I bought twenty five years ago on the first song alone. <laughs> then we have the funky stuff remix. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, surely this is the term funky stuff came from the nineteen seventy three song by the same name. Yes. By, from Cool and the Gang. Yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, he plays it live during this era also. So that's okay. where that's coming from. So we'll cool. get to that too. 
I really love how this maxi single starts like at the farthest point away from the original song space that it can with mm-hmm. Universal Love and as each track progresses it, it gets, gets you a little closer, a little closer back to the original version. you get to the version. album version at yes, the very end. Yes, that's how I see it oh, is this thing. Like, I'm cool. going to give you the thing that's the most different uh-huh. and then lead you down this path of different versions of the song until we get back to the oh, album version. So you start out this maxi single by Pluto yep, and you end up Back at Earth. It's a universal love mix, not a solar system mix. So I think you could be past Pluto when you oh, start. Oh, well, okay. But yes, something like that. <laughs> something like I don't that. know how you could make it back from past Pluto to Earth in the space of five songs. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. How do you cuddle, cuddle on the planet Mars? No, there's no atmosphere. So no. I don't know, man. That's right. <laughs> it's a nice place to cuddle, but no atmosphere. <laughs> So space, funky stuff. This uh, version uses the original lyrics, but are completely re-recorded by Prince, re-sung for this version, which I completely love. I mm-hmm. love hearing, especially when you've heard an album version of a song so many times, and then you've got a chance to hear it redone. Yes. Like the same song, like he could have just lifted his original vocal tracks and used them, but he re-recorded didn't. them. Yep. And it's kind of got a template for these vocal recordings where each verse has two parts to it. It's got part A, which is kind of laid back. And then part B, which is in the realm of yow. He sounds like, we were talking about this yesterday, he sounds kind of like a gangster from an old movie. A really cool gangster. From yeah, movie, yes, so. but like he's got that way he talks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so every verse kind of sounds like I've never been one for this thing, obsession. Just keep your eye on my <laughs> hips. <laughs> hey, Bugsy. <laughs> But I absolutely love it. I <laughs> yeah, think it's, it's great. The beat is amplified. It's yeah. the same basic beat as the studio version, but it's even amplified. And then he does sing the chorus again, but in a completely different yow fashion. Uh-huh. Yep. And um, I don't know if Ricky Peterson is credited for these keyboards or if it's Prince redoing keyboards in the chorus, but... Anytime there's a pause in the chorus where Prince is not singing, there's a little keyboard part that is just fabulous to me. Yeah, cool. Every single time. So I keep coming back to that. That's cool. I always thought funky stuff was kind of referring to like kinky sex stuff. Yeah, give me some of y'all. Uh-huh. But uh, Urban Dictionary says funky stuff is also some stinky weed. So, And we know from an album that we're going to cover soon... Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, he wasn't uh, completely opposed to talking about that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it may maybe works on more than one level. Yeah. Yeah. The best part of track two, the Funky Stuff remix for me, is towards the end of the song where there's this one reprise of, there's like this instrumental part and kind of a cool beat going on. And then we get a reprise of the chorus one last time where the keyboards are even lifted higher and it's just completely glorious. Yeah, and it just kind of dissolves into sounds. And yes. Yeah, it's yes. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, 
Totally. So I loved, I'm already like, um, yeah, you're like, mm, I could have paid twice as much for I this because I love it. But I didn't bought it on release day. And I have to say our little, uh, maxi single cardboard box is in pretty good shape. Yeah. Well, it's cause we don't touch it very much. That's right. Get your hands <laughs> off of it. <laughs> so we- on our journey back to the core of space, track three is labeled funky stuff dub. So here's my take on this one. Okay. The way that it pushes us back closer to the original recording is that it uses the original vocal track is present, but it's kind of pushed back a little bit. Okay. And we have the yow additional <laughs> lyrics layered on top of those, and then more of the keyboards and the kind of ethereal sounds kind of stripped out of it, so it's more of a simple, simpler arrangement, I guess you could say. Okay. Yeah, I thought it kind of sounded like a more of like a remix of the... Funky Stuff remix. Okay. The dub sounded like a remix of that. Okay. To me. Yes, but the thing that, again, makes it more closely related to the album version is you've got his original vocals from Space. Right. Are paired with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he does like a duet with himself almost. Yes. So there's there's the singing falsetto pretty vocals of the original track. Mm-hmm. The album version of the track paired with the yow. <laughs> funk, 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 funky stuff. Yeah. Yep. And the repeating of the ain't gonna stop from track two. Again, yep. I thought going back to the criteria I keep repeating for remixes is does this add to the original? Uh-huh. And so far, Again, tracks yes. one, two, and three, I'm like, these are fabulous. Not even remixes, really almost re-recordings of this song. Yeah. They're not remixes to me, even yeah. though they're labeled remixes. He went into the studio and laid down new vocal tracks, new instrumental tracks, keyboards yeah. that are completely new. And that's not remixing. That's It's almost replaying yeah. Of the songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a reimagine. Yeah. Rather than a remix. Remix. Yeah. It, it took more than a DJ to do this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have done that. Yeah. Then we have the space acoustic remix, mm-hmm. which is where you told me that it was very clearly head. And I really think it's maybe a little accent mm. that makes it sound like head rather than hand. Well, that's and, fine. you know, printed lyrics, but I'm not going to argue with you about it. Okay. So we are now on track four of the five tracks that lead us back to the album version. Right. I was a little hesitant when I remember buying the single when it came out and it was acoustic mix and there had been the single for seven, which we covered that had an acoustic mix of seven. And it was sadly not really acoustic. It, uh-huh. had, it enhanced the acoustic parts of Seven, right. but it wasn't really acoustic. Same thing here. It's not exactly acoustic because no. it uses the beat from the original track. Right. It has a new acoustic guitar part that is played over the entire thing. Right. That adds a really nice mm, atmosphere to right. the song. Yeah. But then just uses his original vocal track with nothing yeah. added vocally yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, which, again, is like, wow, how many times can you record the song and make it unique? And we've got uh-huh. five versions here, and how, who knows how many others there are laying around somewhere mm-hmm. that we just didn't get to hear. I thought it was a pretty interpretation of the song. The acoustic guitar was kind of 
gentle and sweet sounding. Yes. Yeah. And we still have the NASA samples. You didn't yes, take those out, which yeah. I'm like, can't we just get you playing a guitar and singing? Oh, I'd be okay like with them? that. I no, I liked it fine, but uh, like if you're gonna call it the acoustic remix, yeah, that is, that yeah. Just, you don't need the samples. Yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, but, I, I thought the samples were kind of cool as far as like Prince sampling things in his music. This is probably one of the more interesting ones where there's you know probably public domain recordings of rocket launches and things. Yeah, that somebody went out and found for him. Yeah. To use, which was harder then because oh yeah, you probably didn't have the internet to the library (laughs) and or call someone at NASA PR. Uh huh. A prince is looking for some communications recordings that are not Houston. We have a problem. Yeah. Could you send them to us? And they were either really excited or really annoyed. Yeah, probably like we don't have time for this. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to put people into space. Right. We aren't into the business of making music. (laughs) And that brings us to our unreleased. Yeah, there's a the final track on the maxi single is the album version. Is the album version? So I think you'd be crazy to have a maxi single that didn't include at least the album version of a song. So here it ends with it. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about it again. We talked about it last episode. I just thought it was a nice closure to this journey of space to like hear different interpretations of it is super cool. So if you don't have space, the maxi single, you've got to seek it out. Yeah, or you know. Go find us on uh, social media, which yeah. you can do on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. Or you can send me an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com. And I'm sure you can hear all of those versions. They're all out there on the internet. And they may or may not end up with links on our social media. So there you go. All right. All right. Now we're going to talk about the couple versions of come that we have. There's an alternate version that I believe this one, the first one we're going to talk about is from the beautiful experience. Right. Yes. That's where um, most people know it from. If you're aware of it, it was in the TV film, the beautiful experience. Yeah. It kind of has a, click at the start and it sounds like the gold experience to me yeah it did have a lot of the interludes or segues with the you just access the yeah whatever it is uh, right. experience it has some super cool groovy electro keyboard stuff that runs underneath the entire song that makes it Gosh, the version on the album is much slower paced and yeah. a little more bouncy, I guess I would describe it, where okay. this is very much more smooth, electro, danceable kind of version of it. Right. We know that the version that ended up on the album was uh, re-recording after uh, Warner Brothers requested the title track, so he re-recorded it. It's supposed to be part of a come EP or maxi single, which right. you can see how that could have worked now. Right. But it's sung where the this version is a very deep baritone spoken one it's a note speak thing. singing yes. Yeah, which I thought you might like. Oh, I did quite yeah. a lot. This man's it's a little like sexy MF, I guess, yeah. if I could describe oh, the vocal delivery. Yeah, okay. It's kind of a one-note thing, but the all the music and everything going behind him is what makes the song. His speak-sing-rap thing just 
keeps it on this even level throughout the entire thing. Yep. There are some lyrics in this that aren't in the album version and vice versa. The very opening of the song has a line that is not on the album version, which is, this is the dawning of a new spiritual revolution. Mm-hmm. This is the dawning of a new spiritual revolution. Which is not the album version, which opens with, if you're 18 and over, yeah. come here, I got something for your mind. Yep. If you're 18 and over. Not your hand, your mind. <laughs> Just saying. There's a connection there, I think. I I don't disagree. Okay. But I don't think that's the lyric. Uh-huh. So, uh, sticks and stones uh. will bug my phones and uh-huh. say that I mislead. Uh-huh. Sticks and stones will bug my phones and say that I mislead. I'm like, I thought that was a really fun way to change the child's nursery rhyme right here i thought it was really cool and then then i love the way he delivers the line maybe you should wrap your legs Uh around my neck for a while maybe you should wrap your legs around my neck for a while i'm like oh they're acrobats Mm. Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) (laughs) horizontal acrobats (laughs) yes and he finishes it with let's see if i can make you smile Uh uh-huh That's another one of the lyrics that are in this version, not on the album version at all. Yes. Um, Did you notice at about, well, at like three minutes and 37 seconds, the song ramps up into like this wild keyboard and guitar solo. It kind of breaks out of its form Uh from the entire song into this vamp at the end. Yeah, it's kind of got that old organ sound. Uh-huh. Yeah, that like was, a Hammond organ. Yeah, or... that, it was really popular when I was little in soap operas. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. It reminded me not having a lot of soap opera experience <laughs> in the Sign of the Times movie when Hot Thing starts and he's sitting oh. at an organ. And when he plays notes on the organ, uh, light shines on his face. So you can only see him when he's playing. And it's that same organ kind of sound that's, oh, okay. in, that's in this. I, the only way I can think of to describe it is like a Hammond organ, like a organ that requires air. Yeah, you know, okay. Is what it sounds yeah. like to me. Yeah. Um, so that's going on. And then at four minutes and ten seconds in the right channel, I've been trying to figure it out, and maybe you have, but he says something about a distraction or if this is going to be a distraction. Mm-hmm. I cannot quite hear what it is, but he says the word distraction oh. at that point like whispering to his partner and i cannot make it out oh i don't know but i like the drum breakdown that happens right there uh-huh that's cool so i'll have to play that part for hmm. you and you'll have to play it for our listeners uh, i'm sure i will all right i'm sure i will After the second chorus, there's the You Should Do That Baby. Uh It's all computerized and almost hidden by the keyboards. Uh And I love it. Yes. Really cool. Yeah. Thankfully, there's just one slurp. There is, yes. And it's not. one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of a lyric line, not performance of things. Yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So this version, you can find it on a number of different bootlegs, but it was in a line of four songs that started with interactive and then rolled into come 
and then rolled into Endorphin Machine, and then segued into space. So we had this four-song string that could have been one of the greatest four-song runs on a Prince album in history had they been left intact before they were broken up and re-recorded and, you know, segregated onto these two different albums. But if you can seek that out and find it, it's great. It's a great listen. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And then I love, there's one last thing. There's a line... Where he leaves out the word come. Okay. He says, the time has for me to get rude. The time has for me to get rude. And he doesn't say, the time has come for me to get rude, which it should. I guess he figured there were plenty of comes already in the song. That's interesting. I've heard that line, but it never struck me that he... Yeah. The time has for me to get rude. Right. I was like, oh, that's cool. Interesting. I like that. Uh, the, then the second version, yep. unreleased version we have of this song. We believe that is Glam Slam Ulysses version. Yep. It's also on a bootleg called 10,000 Wallpaper. There was okay. a publication called 10,000 that there was an event for, and these songs were played during it. They've surfaced and are the best quality version of these songs that you can probably find out there. So that's where this version came from that we listen to. The way that I would describe this one is much more subdued than the previous unreleased version that we listened to. And not all that dissimilar from songs like The Future that um, is on the opener for the Batman soundtrack. It has a very Sound of Blackness choir to it. The Sound of Blackness was a choir that did background vocals and these kind of ethereal vocal harmonies for a lot of the Batman soundtrack. And mm-hmm. you can hear it's Prince doing them here, but they're all over the place right. on, on this song. And it really features the bass guitar a lot more too, especially at the very beginning of the song. Yes. I thought that was really very cool. Yeah. Almost sounded like it had a little less production. Yeah, simpler, not yeah. like not a lot of worry about, oh, let's make this sound smooth and perfect. Yeah. It was some of its imperfections or what gave it character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, which I think is charm. true of a lot of early versions of Prince songs that are circulating is a lot of people feel like, oh, it was great. and But, you know, once it got polished. Yeah, he polished it, it a little too much. Yeah, the edge was sorry. clearly taken off. And yeah. And we have kind of a safe version of, mm-hmm. of the song. Not that there's much safe about a song called Come. No. <laughs> I did think that uh, the length of these two were much better around four minutes or so. Uh-huh. It's, than the extended. It's a much more digestible version than mm-hmm. 11 minutes of it. I would love to see a reality in which one of these two versions opened the album and we got a maxi single for Come uh-huh. that the had head. these two versions and the album version, which we would be sitting here saying, it's so wild to think all we can ever hear when we think of this song is him speak singing. And here we have a version where he is truly singing. Right. And it's completely different. And the horns are, you know, more yeah. amplified. And it's this much longer version. And how cool is that? Uh huh. Yeah. And instead, we're like, oh, this album version actually could have been better, probably, if, it had been, <laughs> if the title track had been a little shorter. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I don't agreed. dislike any of yeah. them, but I do, if I had to rank them from one to three, the album version would be three, and I'd have to think about number one and two Yeah. in my bracket of come playoffs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, has that same keyboard line at the end. 
as the beautiful experience version um, right. where it kind of ramps up at like three minutes and 38 seconds. And he also says that distraction line that we're going to have to figure out at about four minutes and 10 seconds okay. um, is the exact same line. I think the vocal track on this version is identical to the previous one that we talked about. Yes. Uh, the, the lyrics are exactly the same, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't surprise me at all if it's the exact same vocal track. Yeah, it's got the one slurp in it, too, yeah. and it's, I think it's identical. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, then we're going to move on to okay. Race, alternate version. All right. I thought this one was a little more raw, bass almost crackles because it's turned up so high. Yeah, I think it's just the mix on the track that we have. It's just oh, a different okay. kind of mix, and it's okay. maybe mastered a little differently. Okay. The album version of Race is 4 minutes and 25 seconds. This version that we're covering here is 6 minutes and 16 seconds. Really, the difference is, I kind of compare it to like the long version of Baby Knows, where you get the entire song, and where it should end, this one keeps going. Yeah. Um, We get some guitar after that. Lots of guitar. and really cool. plucky and neat. Altered keyboards that Prince got into mm-hmm. during this time, and then he kind of got back into them again during the One Night Alone tour. Right. With Renato Neto is kind of known for these kind of uh, weird, funky keyboards. Josh said the Max here, but realized he meant the Continental. So that's where this clip is from. And we've got the scratch sound that actually was used in the Max. <laughs> From the Love Symbol album. Oh, I didn't realize it was. This as well. Yeah, I'll point it out to you so you can agree with me. Okay. (laughs) Which I think you will. Yeah. I agree with you on most everything except whether it's head or hand. Okay. Uh huh. And then the other thing I made a note of is this breakdown at the five minute and 22 second part where you just get the beat kind of stops and you get the horns and the altered keyboards and a little bit of a drum line and then it picks up again um, and ends up closing just like the album edit with horns and face the music and Prince's own race vocal line at the end is identical to how the album version ends. So you end up with like a minute and a half more instrumentation here that I think would have been fine to include on... The album version. The album wasn't super long. We could have had another couple minutes of cool guitar. Yep, which is maybe, like you said, maybe why it was edited down. So these almost like the fun parts were omitted. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, intentionally. Yep. All right. Then we have the black and white remix, which you think is a DJ remix? Yeah, I came across this one on... deluxe bootleg version of the Versace experience. Okay. Um, that where disc one was the cassette that was released and is actually being re-released for record day this year on cassette only for some unknown reason. Cassette. Who's a cassette uh, not, deck? Not us. But yes, I believe I didn't I could not find anything about this version online, nothing on Prince Vault. I think it's pretty clear that this version has no Prince involvement whatsoever, that it's a DJ remix. Yeah, but it's cool. It's a lot of fun. It just is. has some guitar parts looped in on top of the original track. Okay, so it starts with a guitar part that uh-huh. I thought sounded like seven 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 ninety three eleven. Oh. I thought they it sounded were, like I went, it car listened. wash. Oh, okay. A little bit, but I went back and listened to 
those two, like the beginning uh-huh. of those two songs, right after one after another. Okay, and, and they they're similar in flavor. Okay. Yeah. So, and then we have a funny robot alien voice. I like this part. I like this part. Yeah, which actually Prince used in some of his concerts in 1994. He had this vocoder or whatever Uh it's called that turned it all. It sounds like his voice. So I think that's why that was used. But yeah, go ahead. Did you make notes of what it said? Of what the funky voice said? I didn't write the other part down. Okay. He says, you know, ooh, I like this part. And then, this is wicked. And it kind of picks up and gets going. I thought you said, this is my style. I'm pretty sure it's wicked. Okay. I didn't write it down. Handhead. Okay. <laughs> Towards the end, it's at the 4 minute and 40 second mark of the song. There's an, It breaks down and you can hear this acoustic guitar that's been playing for a little while. And while I can't confirm it because I could find nothing about this remix anywhere, I think it's a direct lift from Fly Like an Eagle from the oh. Steve Miller Band. Okay. So while there's no new lyrical content and anything that's added to the song, it's just basically layered on top of the album version. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fun remix and, like you said, worth worth including. Oh yeah. Here for the fun of it. Yeah, yeah, and the drums sounded a little more acoustic to me. They left out the face of the music sample at the start. Yep. There were some cool hand claps behind the guitar that gave it a little bit of a live feel. Which was fun. I mean, I know it wasn't live, but... Right. Yeah. 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 It added to the song. It did. For a, for a remix. So. Yes. A for that. Then the final song that we're going to cover, Loose, number one, which yes. we believe to be the Glam Slam Ulysses version of Loose. Yes. Uh, you found this one, and I had never heard it before. Went through just the small number of bootlegs that I have and could <laughs> mm-hmm. not find it anywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, but we have so, no idea how you came across those bootlegs. We, don't, we have no idea. They may or may not be in our possession. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, but, but, man, we listened to this one together, actually. Yep. And my reaction after sitting through it is the vocals were, the vocal tracks are not different from no. the album version, but the music is much more hard-hitting and much more dynamic. And um, Well, the drums are different the at the beginning. They're, they're much denser at the beginning of this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it turns it into a. No, this is loose. That's what I thought of when I yeah. when I heard this, and it makes the album version just sound tame. Yeah, very tame. Yeah, there were the buzzy keyboards mm-hmm. in the album version, and we have a guitar in place of those right here. And I think that those. Buzzy keyboards are there. The guitar is just so prominent. Yeah, on top that of it. it. And then there's some like screams and stuff over top of them later in the mm-hmm. song. 
And I think that those buzzy keyboards that were so prominent in the album version have really, they're just buried. Yeah. 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 And what we heard is a, like an audience recording of a PA system. Yeah. um, Or or it was, I don't know for sure if it was like an audience recording or if it was just recorded in the Glam Slam club one or the other there's some distortion you can hear the audience yelling at being excited about the guitar solo Mm -hmm. which was i thought that was cool yeah i really enjoyed it i'm gonna go back and revisit that a little bit i may have an mp3 for you okay yeah uh there's kind of a clicky mechanical sound that mm-hmm. kind of again reminded me of the gold experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all part of the glam slam Ulysses thing. That there, mm-hmm. it was all connected somehow by these segues. Yep. The only thing that I missed was the cool at the end. Oh, at the very end yeah. of the song. The very end of cool. the song. Cool. Didn't have and it. it didn't have it. Uh, so maybe we'll need to splice it all together. No, oh, the there you go. Official DJ Christie <laughs> remix version. <laughs> All right, so we talked about a whole bunch of stuff that leads us to the portion of our podcast where we make some choices. Right, and rules. Some rules. Or format. Okay, format. Format's fine. Okay, so we choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the music was recorded or released. It's up to the host. We choose a C, the thing that spoke to us the least, or we chose, and we choose... Mm-hmm. And we choose a mountain, the thing that we like the most. So That's, That sounds right to me. Okay. Okay. These are my rules, uh-huh. so I go first. Okay, go ahead. Time capsule. <sighs> it was really hard to make a choice about a time capsule because I'm like, well, what's Everything? What's <laughs> All of it? Yeah. I just chose the Let It Go radio edit. Okay. Because I didn't really know what else to choose. Okay. So, and they're my rules and I have to follow them, so I had to make a choice. You sure painted yourself so. into a corner there, <laughs> did we? <laughs> How about you? Uh, my time capsule, because they're your rules and I can follow them however I want, <laughs> is the Let It Go maxi single. Okay. Just the entire thing. Okay. It has a very mid-90s sound to it. Okay. But it has aged well. I don't yeah. think any of it is cringeworthy or you think oh can you believe that they Uh were still doing that then Uh it's got a neat sound to it like i said i love the documentary i don't know why i described it as a documentary kind of sound although you you help me understand that a little bit but it does encapsulate the remix or the street sound of the early mid 90s that for the entire thing sure um, so, and that's not bad. I'm just saying it's, that's what it sounds like yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, so the entire thing gets the time capsule label to me smacked right across the whole front of it. Okay. Excellent. Totally fine. All right. The C, the low point for me uh-huh. is that there are two identical songs on the let it go maxi single. The caviar and the caveat edit are the same. Yep. That's stupid. It is. I'm gonna just gonna put it out there. It's a dumb thing to do. I know there are four seconds difference in the track, but they're the same. They it's are the a same. waste. Somebody got played, I think. Yeah, which I think is you're why right. my C is the exact same thing. <laughs> that the caviar radio edit and street edit released on the same single back to back, completely identical. Well you 
And I wonder if maybe that was the thing is that somebody was like, <laughs> we're going to put the same one with two different track links and people are going to be listening hard to figure out how they're different and they're not. They're not different. I thought maybe the street edit would have left in the F word. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't. No. I it, they were exactly the same. They're identical. And it's yeah. dumb. Yeah. It's so dumb we're done talking about it. Yeah, exactly. And then the mountain... I loved the Universal Love remix oh, of yeah? Space. I thought yeah. it was just such a cool way to really transform that song. Uh-huh. To just hear, you could tell that he really liked that song yes, because he for sure. did so much on it. And Absolutely. so I really, for that reason, that's my mountain here. I was torn between the Funky Stuff remix and the Universal Love remix of uh-huh. Space. But in the end, I went to the one that was furthest away from the original, also mm. the Universal Love remix of Space. Very cool. Like I said before, I think this is one of the last great maxi single songs of Prince's career, and it sums up perfectly why Prince and maxi singles were made for one another to be able to reimagine and continue to explore ideas around one central song and add so much more to the original version is just played out perfectly, not only on this track, but every song leading up to the album version. Yep. Um, Agreed. But because it was something as important as a mountain, I did pick one song. Okay. This entire maxi single is a must. Really, that's your, the maxi single. The maxi single is my Enchanted Rock. Oh. And (laughs) this song is my mountain. Okay. Enchanted Rock is a... Uh, a small stone small, hill. It's a small mountain, smallish mountain. It's big for Central Texas. We don't have a ton of mountains, yeah. but yep. it's not compared to the Rocky Mountains. It's oh no, it's a joke. it's a hill. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Next time we're going to talk about your favorite. Prince album of all time. We can just say it up front. Yeah, unpopular opinion by a lot of people, I think. A lot of people are, they prefer 80s stuff, and I love me some 90s Prince. And to me, the gold experience is the quintessential perfect 90s Prince. Well, we're going to find out and how uh, we each feel about each dang song on the uh-huh. whole experience. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. So do join us. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.